Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome. It is a beautiful, sunny Wednesday down here in Florida. Actually, I'm lying. It's actually storming and the (laughs) the weather's horrible. So it's allowed me to sit inside and do lots of work and, and now communicate with you guys. I have a phenomenal show. You know, we talk in terms of health, wealth, and happiness is what Forbes Factor is all about, about how to succeed, about how to win. But do you ever focus on what you do when you fail? In fact, somebody said to me that when he was interviewing people, he didn't really care about what you did, but would ask people when they failed, how did they recover? And that was more interesting. And I always talk about on the show how life happens for you, not to you, and to make the most of those moments. So today my guest is going to share with you an amazing story about who he came from basically nothing to be a best-selling author. His first book was called Always Forward, and his next one is to fail more, which you go, wow, how is that a good thing to fail more? And I will tell you, if you're listening to this live, we're watching one of the biggest failures ever as Roseanne Barr took to her phone and tweeted what she probably thought at that moment was a funny joke, nothing you know, in particular. And within hours, that one moment of, let's call it not clarity, which I think we all may have had, where it's like, oh, I wish I could take that one moment back, tweeted out something that was perceived, I'm not going to take a side here, but perceived as terribly racial and hurtful. And it was so offensive to the network that they actually canceled a best hot running, it was the highest rated show of the season. They canceled it. And the worst part for me, which as a performer is so sad that they have uh, snipped off the jobs of so many other performers. So her failure now resulted in so many other people uh, hurting and failing. And so it'll be interesting to see what the recovery is of that and how that works. And before we bring our guest on, I was going to share with you, I'm thinking of like my biggest failures. I don't actually think of life in terms of failures. Um, But I do know when I've hit my head against a wall or I got something taken away, And I have this crazy philosophy about that you are the sum of the obstacles that, you know, that happened to you. And one of my personal biggest failures, I think you guys know this, but I just wanted to be an actress. And if Sandra Bullock and Julia Roberts would have just moved over, (laughs) I don't think it works like that. But that was the career that I had fantasized when I was a little kid. And even more than that, uh, in terms of uh, like Barbara Stanwyck and, and Catherine Hepburn and all the amazing people that I truly admired in my life who were in that profession. And maybe because I just was so ugly growing up, I just want to disappear into somebody else. But I finally got what I wanted. You know that moment where you actually set out and planned to get it? Sometimes it's like going on a vacation. Sometimes you'll plan a vacation for so long when you're finally there, you're like, oh my God, I, I'm finally here. And then you have to enjoy the moment. Well, I got the lead in a TV series, an acting series. And if you want to go on YouTube and, and enjoy this, Uh, It was called Fashion House. It was on Fox when they were launching a new network called My Network TV. And I got the lead role. I played the lead, well, call her a bitch. I think I can say that on radio. Yeah. I was the Devil Wears Prada um, matriarch of a fashion line. And I had all these young, beautiful people under me. In fact, the young man who played my son uh, ended up being engaged to Lady Gaga. Who knew? This was his first acting role. 
But I had a blast tearing up scenery. And then, of course, I got to be vulnerable. I got to do everything I'd ever dreamed of on camera. You can see the pilot. And I was set. This is it. I find all I wanted to do. I mean, I'd already been, I had a day job as being a, an infomercial host, and I hosted the Laugh Factory. But this was the one I wanted, and I got it. And, um, and then they make you sit around for a few months while they sell the pilot. They did, and I'm thinking, I'm cashing the checks. I'm buying the boat. I'm doing whatever I'm supposed to be doing. I get a phone call that says, hey, I uh, just want to share with you that we don't think that your name is big enough to publicize this new show on television. I'm like, yeah, and yeah, and so we're going to take your role away from you and give it to Bo Derek. Now, I've never met Bo, and I don't want to say anything bad about her, except that I don't think that she's known for her outstanding acting talent. She's beautiful and striking. But I was the, you know, and she's only sweet. The role did not require you to be sweet. I was anything but sweet. And I think, okay, well, that's great. I hope you sell the pilot. You're going to need me the second lead or the third lead or something. And the answer was, no, thank you so much. We're not going to use you at all. And that's probably the biggest professional failure that I've ever had. I got fired, not because I wasn't good, but because I wasn't famous enough and, and my head hurt. But it's funny if one door closes and then my agent called me into his office and said, hey, you know, we love you. You're really talented and we're going to let you go. Excuse me? I'm like a 40-year-old actress with, uh, you know, two three-year-old twins. Where am I going? He said, yeah, he said, you know what? You're a star in an alternate universe. You do infomercials and home shopping and you make a lot of money doing that, but you're not really known in the acting industry and you keep auditioning. And by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but they don't pay you to audition. And so I would lose out roles to Kim, Card uh, to Kim Cattrall and Mary Louise Parker and, and Bo Derek, right? Hello. And he said these words. Now listen to this. He said, you should really go brand yourself. I just still want to act, make enough money and buy your own movie. And I picked up a very disgruntled and very sad and took my two kids out all the way from California to Florida, worked on home shopping and really had to sit around for a while and, and kind of lick my wounds. And, uh, you know, it all worked out okay. I created my own fitness product. I forged forward. I learned a lot of lessons. And I obviously became stronger for it. But, wow, how devastating. And, and I wonder if we're going to talk to Bill and find out how you fail more, what his philosophy is on that. So without further ado, he is a man on a mission. He's helping to improve people's lifestyle options uh, he's got his own podcast, he's a show, he's a wonderful author, and he's got great, great stories, and he's been waiting so patiently on the other end of this line. Bill, are you out there? Wait, thank you thank you for inviting me on your show. I appreciate that, and I am honored and humbled. Oh, well, you are very welcome. I will tell you that most people under the age of 25 have no idea who she is or who the movie, what the movie 10 is, which I find very personally upsetting. You know, I'm, I'm dating myself, I know. Yeah, and I prefer to date other people, but that's just my personal preference. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if I could date myself, no, go ahead. I, I don't want to take this show down the road. You don't want it to go. Well, actually, you know what? The beautiful thing about my show is I've had it for years. Uh, my engineers know uh, when to say, it's not enough, enough. But we talk about health, wealth, and happiness here. And you are a, a wonderful combination of, of all of those. And that's where we're going to focus the beginning part of this part of the show. We'll get to about failure in a second. But you have a great story of how you came to your level of success. Do you mind sharing it with my audience? I'll give you the uh, Cliff Notes version. I came from a small town in Western Pennsylvania, a very small town, 3,800 people in there. The ceilings of expectation were very low. So the expectation was survive, and if you're fortunate, one of the fortunate few, you are able to leave and go to college. I was a rebel without that clue. So I said, I'm not going to go to school, grew my hair, smoked cigarettes. I had an authoritarian father who was a state policeman, an alcoholic state policeman. 
had a mother that was a nurse, and all they wanted me to do was to move out of that town. But I decided I was going to stay, drink beer with my friends, smoke cigarettes, and go to work in a factory. Forbes, I'll tell you what failure feels like when it comes in the form of, of fear. For nine months, I did the same thing, punching three holes in a piece of wood, three holes in a piece of wood, trudging home through the snow, walking back the next day, and that was my life. It was a, an existence, not a life. And every day I was in that factory, I thought, how do I get out? How do I find my way out? I got a break, was able to go to school, had to learn how to learn. Addictionary is my constant companion. I call it my red book of success. It was red. And I just knew that if it was to be, it had to be up to me. So I moved from school to Richmond, Virginia, where my brother was a salesperson. And he said, you've got to get a job. So I went to school to be a manager. He said, you've got to get a sales job. Now, sales is anathema to me. It scares me when I have to say it. really don't find it kind of distasteful. But I got a job at Liberty Mutual. 86 applicants became their top salesperson, Fortune 500 company, in two years. And was recruited by another large company, became their top salesperson in three years. And did it two years in a row and decided now it's time for me. So I always wanted to pack up the truck and move to California. And I did. Came to California. And that's where it all began. Wow. Uh Fascinating, but, but you took this, so that's where it began. You had this very that's clear really began. It, well, yeah. it, it, I think that you reinvent yourself. I think that the people that go through the transformation that you talk about, and it's a transformation that's constant. It changes is the one constant in life. It's the one thing we fear, but it is mandatory if we're ever going to achieve success. You talk about health, wealth, happiness. It's all wrapped in one thing. Are you moving forward? Are you moving forward through those changes, adapting, evolving, or are you staying stuck listening to the fear of resistance? So I moved to California, started my own company, the Woodage Group, and 25 years ago, they're still, they're still uh, paying my checks. They're still giving me checks. So I guess we still have money. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so go back. Wait, what did you actually do? Because I love when people talk in concepts, but I want my audience to know actionable plans. What is this group that you're okay. still paying money? What about money? So you started some group, a little bit deeper into what you actually started that's still paying you residual money after all these oh, years. Well, from being the top salesperson, for me, I never knew how good I was. I thought, was it the institution they're buying from or is it me? And I was never going to know unless I burned my boat, went all in and started my own company. It was wow. the only way for me. You know, because... Forbes, people can tell you, hey, you got the trophies? You're number one? Aren't you content? Aren't you comfortable? Those are death now words for me. I wanted to see, without a net, if I could really make it or not. And that was my driving force. Wow. I love that. All right, so your first book, what was the inspiration for that? My first book was Always Forward, which really captured my journey of moving through the first and foremost obstacle we have to move through if we're ever going to achieve success, and that's fear. We've got to be able to face our fear. We have to be able to face those fears and move through the resistance, the doubt, the, the lacerations emotionally, the hurt, those shadows of fear that say you're not good enough. 
you're not worthy. So always forward, attacks fear first. And then it steps through seven ways that I moved the needle from a nobody in Western PA to a person who had the mindset of self-belief, conviction, and confidence, and learned by failing forward how to succeed in sales. All right, so hang on. So I, I, we got to jump to a break. I love this. So if you're an entrepreneur out there and you're listening, you should be literally on the edge of your seat. When we come back, I'm because we've all failed, we are going to hear some of the details on how we fail. So don't go away. I got to take a quick break with my sponsors. We're coming back with Bill Woodich. Don't go away. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you hate going to the gym but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. We are back. Welcome. We've got a very special guest, Bill Woodich, who has a new book coming out called Fail More. Uh, and actually, Bill's reception wasn't so great on his phone, so we asked him to go find a landline there in California. We're both having storms, and that affects us. So I'm just going to share this whole concept of what does it mean to fail and keep moving forward. You know, so many times when you get hit in the head with whatever it is, most people's reaction is to stop. There's this level of fear that creeps in. And, and you know, I was asking you to go get your pen. Well, write down the word fear, but write it the long way, F-E-A-R. Fear equates to false evidence appearing real. Most of us associate this crazy thing that something bad happened to us, so therefore it's always going to happen. That's where that phrase, just get back on the horse, came from, right? You fall off, you're like, oh, I can't ever ride a horse again. No, no, no. You probably didn't learn the right technique or you weren't relaxed enough. It doesn't matter. But you will never understand how good you could be if you don't get back up on that. So let's take a moment for a second and reflect on things that have caused you to stop? Where did you fail? You know, and the truth is, if you don't 
take a chance, there's no way you could ever succeed. And odds are you're going to fail. You know, when I was raising my kids, my son, my beautiful boy, Riker, is quite the perfectionist. And I would watch how, wonder where he got that from, by the way. I would watch how when he would tackle a new sport or a new idea, and when he wasn't great at it instantly, he would get very upset and not want to do it anymore. Well, I, I can totally relate to that. And I looked at that level of perfectionism. So what is the learning curve? And there's actually a quadrant about how you are an incompetent learner and then you're more competent. And in every skill and everything that you do, it really isn't how well you succeed. It's how will you cope with failing. So Mr. Bill is back. Um, hopefully, let me hear you on a landline. Yes? Yes, uh, I am on a landline. Oh, my God. That is so much better. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you again. Right, let's start over again. Hey, Bill, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Well, it's definitely better, and now you can. And so, so I'm now I'm stuck on this whole concept of failing. So you've written a book called "Moving Forward," and now you're about failing more. Where did this right. one come from? Well, the next book, "Failing More," is really, if you think about this, it is it is the essence of always forward, of finding your way towards success. It's just pulled inside out because you may you may have heard this that everything in life is negotiable, but. The one thing that's not is you don't negotiate with success. The first demand of success is that you've got to recognize it's fear that's holding you back. So fear holds you back. It dresses itself as failure. We don't like to accept the fact that we may fail, so we don't try. So we go back to our instinct brain. The instinct in our brain tries to keep us safe. It wants us to be safe. It doesn't want us to try for it. It doesn't want to go through change. It doesn't want to have loss. It's loss averse. But in order for you to progress, to do what you've done, to do what I've done, you have to fail. There's n I knew nothing about selling when I took my first sales job. I had to learn by picking up the phone, being rejected 300 times a day, and finding my way to a better script, finding my way in a door where I could begin to learn how to deal with people, and I never had to do it before in my life, so I fell thousands of times before I even made my first sale. Mm. Well, I, so, you know, and, and I coach this a lot and I have, I have a different side of this. And I think my audience is coming to understand. I actually talk about the word permission mm -hmm. because maybe because I don't like that word failure. You know, uh, it is a very hard one to pick up from because usually you feel like you got hit in the head with a two by four. Why would you want to get back up on the horse? So do you have a system when you failed to get back into the game? I do, but I'm going to respectfully add something for you to think about at some point. We can use euphemisms to get through life. Is that our own delusions or is it an illusion? Because we can say it's a setback. I use setback. I don't use the word failure because it sounds like a thud. Not only sounds like a thud, feels like a laceration, feels like an emotional cut. You see, what you're talking about with your acronym on fear is just the imagination play in its own florid worst case self forward and most of the things you talk about in terms of a way starts with the emotion you've got to know that you're in the throes of your emotion the emotion is embracing you and saying don't do this stop right here the first thing you need to do is stop the stem part of your brain from taking command and go to the top part of your brain where you can think CEO the rational brain where you ask What's really happening here? What's my worst case? Write it down. What happens if I try this and this doesn't work? What 
how bad is that emotional pull that you have to have this thing versus not trying this thing? You see, Forbes, one thing I think is most important in life, and for your listeners, this to me is most important. You don't want to live your life with regret. You don't want to live your life with regret. At a certain stage and age when you can't do the things you can do now, that's regret. I don't want that. So when that fear kicks in, the failure kicks in, I don't want to, I don't want to fail. I'm going to be less than. I go to my regret. Okay, if you don't do this way, you regret it. And the first part is instinct. You've got to get out of the emotion, and you have to get to the thinking part of your brain to start to systematically understand this is normal. That's step number one. Get out of your emotion. All right, so hang on a second. You being of the male species and me being of the female species, is it the same for both sexes, do you think? Absolutely. All right. Well, you see, you see, you see that very quick. Because we don't think as logically as, you know, we're very emotionally driven. And, I, and by the way, I'm probably more male than most women. Um, I'll take that back, but you might know what I mean. Um, I'm just, I'm definitely all girl, but I have a very business head about me. But seriously emotional. Mm-hmm. So how do I get out of that? But fear, but fear is an emotion. So as humans, I'm not, I'm not going to separate man from woman. As, as humans, it's, part of, it's wired, hardwired fear into our DNA. And it's that early, early warning system that keeps us from danger. The thing you have to do is you have to get to the point where, okay, I'm, a, I'm feeling this. It's okay to feel this. This is normal to feel this. Now start to ask yourself questions. And by asking yourself questions, I mean this. You've got to break the emotional pattern of feeling and get up to the top part of your brain where you can start to logically think about it. You're still going to feel the emotion, but you're going to start to put some logic to that emotion to say, I'm feeling this. This is why I'm feeling this. This is what I'm going to do about it. Here, here are the people who can help me. Here's when I'm going to do it. Here's why I'm doing it. That's the point. Okay. I like that. What's the biggest fear that you've overcome? Women. <laughs> getting, rejected <laughs> on a fir- getting rejected on a first date. Of course, you don't want to get rejected, so you don't ask. You stand there, you take whatever the leftovers are. Uh, the, <laughs> the biggest failure I ever had or fear? Now, wait a second. Okay, so I've looked at your photo. Have you looked in the mirror? Well, how could that possibly be a fear? This is one good looking <laughs> Anyway, um, is, it, is, it fear, is, it, is it fear or failure? Which one do you want me to say is my biggest, with my well, biggest, biggest fear? My biggest fear. I mean, I'm going to not, you know what, here's the thing. We can all listen to every typical interview. I'm going to push your buttons because I can. My show. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll let you push them. Because I've seen your photos. You can push it. Or you, can pull it. or you can pull them. There you go. <laughs> oh, see, that's when my show gets in trouble and that's when we, yes, we, uh, oh my goodness. The, the FCC so, comes in. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about your biggest failure. I shared one of mine, and mine was very hurtful. Mine devastated me for years, years. What was your biggest failure? My biggest failure started right out of the chute when I started my own company, Forbes. I had I failed to plan. I had gone for so long drinking my own Kool-Aid, believing in my own invincibility, and I failed to plan for an inevitable lawsuit that came from my former employer when millions and millions and millions of, of dollars of revenue went out their door. They went out their door, they went to me, and they said, you know, you can't do this. Here's a contract forbidding it. And they stopped all of my clients from coming to me. So I had 
payroll expense. I already had staff. I had huge, huge rent. The, the rent in California is not cheap, especially with the, an ego like mine. We try to build big. And I had all this overhead, but I didn't have any revenue. That was my biggest failure, the failure to plan for those basic, basic things. Are you hanging up on me on that one? No, I was just so stunned I had a moment. No, actually, I am. My, my, my question is, what did you do? Well, the first thing I did was to go down to my study at home and go through those emotions that we all go through as humans. And I went and I sat, Forbes, and I sat and I sat and it felt like for weeks. And it was the part where, where you look into the abyss and man, there wasn't anything looking back for a while. So I started asking myself questions. Is the industry better with you or without you? Are you needed by your clients? How can you get back? And I started to to work a plan, a plan where I could negotiate the, the settlement, where I could negotiate a settlement that would allow me to take clients with me, that I could right, maybe so, pay for something. Right, so but I started question, to have a thinking, plan. But are you thinking that you got through this because you logically, you took your emotion out of it and you said, look, I'm going to have to just get through this. It's not really a failure. It's just an obstacle. I think that it's part of the bargain that success holds and it's not a platitude. I think that if you're going to go for anything worthy of merit, then you're going to feel these type of failures. It's going to be whether you want to call it a setback, stub my toe. Uh, at the end of the day, you fail. Okay. Do you have a little coaching program for those of us who can't seem to do this on our own? Do I do a little coaching program? Yeah, I'm not kidding because I, I hear what you're saying and I kind of want to go, look, okay, I, when you're in the middle of failure, sometimes if you're not accustomed to it, it shatters you. You don't know where to go. Yeah, no, no. Well, that, that's a great point. I do this every day. See, I'm not a consultant. I'm a participant. I'm in the game right here. So I'm still in this part. This, this is one of my, my companies is the, still the Woodage Group, and I am in here every day coaching salespeople on the very thing you talk about. And you want to know what number, the number one thing is? Expose yourself to it. If it's uncomfortable, do it. You've yep. got to be exposed because the more you're exposed, the less the power it has over you. And you've got to expect a failure rate of about five to 600 hangups before you ever get someone that says, hey, yeah, talk to me. You might even get more than that. So where's your bar of expectation on the outcome? Expose yourself. Expose yourself to that failure and every step of the way you're adjusting and modifying that's how your kids learn to walk but they did society wasn't judging them on did you fall or not and see we're so so busy with our ego thinking if we fail we're less than because we're assigning that action or that lack of success with our own self-worth there's a whole lot to this and i coach it every day do what's my success rate about 30 to 40 percent that's what it is well, all right. I love this. We're, get, we're up against our second break, and we're going into the end of the show. I love this. Do what is uncomfortable. That is, yeah. I talk about that. I call it outrageous living. We are on the exact same path because you guys, I actually met Bill right now. So you're listening to our very first date. Apparently, he's doing very well. I'm trying to keep up. I hope we're all hanging in there. We come back. I got some crazy questions. Don't go away. You're listening to Forbes Riley right here on the Forbes Factor. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. 
Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking to Bill Woodich, my brother from another mother. Yeah, how do I know what I mean about that? Very rarely do I meet somebody who has the same kind of temperament to live outrageously, to keep in a state of literally on the edge. Whether you're going to fail or succeed is irrelevant. The point is you're out there doing it. And if you don't have a prediction about the outcome, it's a lot more fun. And I, you know, it's funny because you made me think about this over the break that most people don't take a chance. And if you don't step into life, I guarantee you will find yourself on your deathbed at some point going, wow, God, I wish I had done that. Why didn't I not do that? And so one of the exercises that I just put forth to my personal coaching group, and by the way, if you guys want to join, we're now doing this on Thursday nights. I'm having people join for free. You're welcome to come to this. It's a long title. Go to Permission Granted Productions with an S. Permission Granted Productions. And what we do is actually a live global coaching call. I am there live for an hour. You can chime in, talk to me. I do hot seats. I do transformations. It's, it's a pretty special, amazing place. But one of the things that we put forth last week was you're lying on your deathbed. Picture this. What's one regret that you can think of right now that you wish you would have done? You're like, wow, I don't want to regret not doing all right. That thing. My advice, and I'm going to ask Bill the same thing is go do that right now. Mm-hmm. Isolate and figure out what that is because you don't want to get to the end and go, shoot, I'm too old to do that. Now I'm, I'm not broke. Whatever it is, 
do it before it becomes a regret. So, Bill, what do you think about that? I call that my park bench of regret. I used to take vacations in Sydney, Australia, and think about what if, what, what's next, what do I do? And there's a point where I just thought about getting out of the industry and doing something different. And on that bench, I found the regret. If I don't do these things that my body can do now, that my mind wants to do, needs to do, I'm going to regret this at a certain stage in age, and then I don't have the power. I don't like to seed power. I don't have the influence over the outcome. I don't. I don't want to give that up. So I want to get back in the game, and I want to do everything to avoid my biggest fear, which is the fear of regret. That's actually exciting. I like the fact that you put your park bench all the way in Australia. That was a long way to go. Uh, and was Forrest Gump sitting next to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is that? Right, right after he swam in the – where did you swim in Washington in the uh, – the, it was by the Washington Memorial. You saw yeah. Kennedy. He was doing all that. Yeah. Like, that was during my rebel days, yeah. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. All right, right. So speaking of chocolate, which is one of my favorite things, and I, I do have a fear of one day if I'm in a chocolate factory, I just eat myself to death. Um, I'm talking to a man who's very physically fit, and you always go, wait a second, folks, how, does, how do you put together health, wealth, and how does that equal happiness? Well, I am a firm believer, as was my mentor Jack Lane and many other people in our industry, uh, that I don't really care how much money you make. At the end of the day, if you're not living in a great body, what else is there? And by great, great body, I mean one that moves the way you'd like to, that looks the way when you look in the mirror, you feel inspired. Uh, and you got to take it out for a walk. you got to feed it well. you got to treat it just about as good as you treat your car. You'll end up with a nice piece of equipment there. But you've got a kind of a rock star thing going on, don't you? Well, so I'll folks. take that. I'll, I'll take that. And I like the Jack LaLanne piece. I did a, I'm a professional speaker. I did a talk, and the guy told me, beyond the speech, he said, you know, he reminded me of Jack LaLanne the way you're running around up there. So my, my quote to him was, was this, Forbes, your body has to be able to cash those checks that your mind writes. That's the vessel you've got to take care of. That's the first image, the first piece of confidence. When I look at people, I'm assessing in my subconscious, I guess, and it comes forward. Do they have the discipline? Do they have the work ethic? Are they going to be lethargic? And I'm doing it based on really their physique and how they look to a certain degree. Uh, that's... Wow. Okay, you know, I'm going to step back. That's actually, I love that. And you know what? In today, like I said, today is a day where Roseanne thought that she would voice her opinion. Yeah. You know, you just said something, and it's very interesting. You have to be very careful how you say that, but I think you're right. Mm -hmm. When you visually see someone yes. not making a comment, good or bad, but I think you can actually look at them, sort of an illness, and say, do they have discipline? Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, 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 and I want to stay with science on this. I don't, it's not a Bill Woodage thing. The first thing when people see me, they might not like me because somewhere in their ancestry, there is, it reminds them in their subconscious, wait a minute, that's a friend, it's a, it's a foe, I should freeze, what do I want to do, or fornicate. There's about four, four categories, and it happens instinctively. And no matter what you do, Forbes, you're never going to turn it. They're just not going to like it. It's not that I don't like them, but I make assessments based on what I think they can do, how much energy they can expend in, a, in an industry that demands the kind of energy we have. Don't know about that. Just my question on discipline. Well, and, and that is a really good point. So what we're talking about here is we're not judging the size of anybody, but we're saying, look, one of the things that you do is you do need a lot of energy to keep up with people like us. Mm -hmm. and, and, and those simple disciplines about the food that you eat and the kind of workouts that you do. So let's get particular on you. Uh, what kind of diet do you follow? I don't call it a diet anymore. It's, it's really a way of, um, it's, a, it's a, just a way of life. So I'm going to start my morning. 
And I'm going to do three eggs. I'm going to do a really good, clean, complex carbohydrate. And I'll, maybe it's a quarter cup to a half cup of oatmeal. I'm going to do a good fat like an avocado. And then my head goes on a timer. So two and a half hours later, I'm eating some kind of lean protein, whether it's bison or chicken. I'm eating some small amount of complex carb, could be a little bit of spinach. But every two and a half hours, I'm fueling my body. And I do one shake before every workout. Shake's all green, spinach, kale. It's not juiced. It's real stuff with fiber. And I make that shake and do half before the gym, half after. If I don't go and put myself under stress in some kind of workout, I feel like I've cheated myself. I'm out of balance. I don't have the edge for the game. I need the edge. And that's all one synergistic thing for me, emotional, spiritual, intellectually, and physically. I need to be in alignment. Do you drink? Of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm listening to you going, yeah, I just man, absolutely well, drink. Oh, oh, you mean do I have a life? Oh, yeah. Now, but, but I'm very good about winnowing it down. So Monday's my shutdown. Tuesday, shutdown. Wednesday, by that I mean I'm eating very strict. By Friday, loosen it. Saturday, I'm drinking beer with my friends. You got a date, you're drinking a bottle of wine or so. No, Sunday you come back to eh, eat whatever you want. You want a pizza, eat it. Monday you lock back down again because your body will start to burn off and then change. And I'm pretty in tune with what my body does. Okay, so did you guys just hear that? Okay, he's not a monk. He's got great, you got a great uh, got a great six pack going on, from what I understand. And you're not in your twenties. You want to share with everybody who hasn't seen your photo? How old are you? Sixty one. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. It's longevity over time. You know what? You don't need to be the little race car. You don't have to go on a fast and say, I'm just going to do everything and lose 20 pounds in a day. It doesn't work that way. No. But this lifestyle, this way. So I'm hoping that you guys just took a listen to, number one, I actually recreated the word diet. So I take D-I-E-T means decisions I eat today. This way everyone is on a diet. It's not a bad word. It's just the choices that you make. And you've obviously chosen to feed your body. What a great concept where most people just kind of feeding their face. I don't know why they would do that. Um, but they haven't made good decisions. I love listening to you because it's about moderation. And so I'm hoping yeah. everyone just heard. I love the fact that he says he has a timer in his head. Let me share something with you. If you don't have a timer in your head, you have a timer on your cell phone. I actually had to start programming water breaks into my phone because I guess I'm like a camel. I can go all day and forget to drink. And I'm like, wait a second. Uh, not a good thing. So if you can't, and I, I coach so many women. I do have a, by the way, you haven't seen my spin gym, have you? Mm -mm, no. Oh my goodness. Dude, I've created the greatest fitness product on the planet. Yeah, you need to go to your computer and type in the word spin gym. And guys, you know what it is. But it is a handheld fitness product that actually doubles your metabolism in about 35 seconds of you sitting at your computer. I can mad and order these things. Spin gym. Yep, yep. Uh, my creation. I, and by the way, oh, actually, you know, it's funny. I didn't even talk about that being a failure. I took this dream that I had. Um, I'm in the National Fitness Hall of Fame. I've sold 1,500 different products, and I fell in love with this. This could be misconstrued as a yo-yo unless you're in the hands of a fitness expert. And I created an entire company about this, took it on a national reality show, and got my head handed to me. Was told it was never going to work. It was a joke. And, it was blah, blah, blah. and the next morning, after I was literally embarrassed on national television, Google had Spingem as the number one searched word. Forbes Riley was number three, and not in a good way. I woke up and my then husband turned to me and said, so <clears throat> what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I'm going to sell spin gyms. He said, oh, come on. He said, nobody thinks you can do it. I said, I don't really care. 
he says, well, everybody thinks, you know, I said, they're wrong. And he said, well, they can't all be wrong. Now, a logical person would go, right, they can't all be wrong. <laughs> and I turned to him and I said, but they are. <laughs> they're not me. They're not a, a woman who understands the value of her arms, who's actually felt this, who's watched it vibrate through my entire body. And I actually, to the chagrin of my agents and everybody, became the spingem girl. I, I stopped everything. And I did something I'd never done before, and that was push all my chips in on an idea that nobody wanted. And by the way, it doesn't mean that a year later when I was standing at U.S. Customs before they were ready to throw out my entire inventory and completely crush me, I still kept going. So it's interesting when you talk about this kind of fortitude that when you're on a mission, that all of those failures to me at that point were so irrelevant. I felt, and I never used this analogy before, but like a race car. I don't care that the tire blew out, that the engine blew out. It doesn't matter. I was still going down the track. If I had to drag the license plate with me, I was getting across that finish line on my own terms. I love it. Crawling. Okay, I just got a wave when I mentioned Spin Gym, and my assistant Kelsey has one. No way, seriously? She does. She does. She <laughs> says she she knows all that. She said I have one. Uh, uh, there you go. There's just, that that's the extent of your reach. I know, baby. <laughs> I get it. Trust me. I this is why that particular story of absolute failure is probably my biggest story because. I failed huge. I have failed often in my business with this product, but I will tell you that in the system for this is I have just not given up. I believe so strongly, but I, and we'll talk about this. We got to go take a break. Um, does Kelsey have hers with you? You have to try this thing. I want a video. She'll bring it um, in. Right. She'll bring it in. We'll do it for you. Yeah. That's funny. Well, she gets two thumbs up for me. I like you both much better now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all right, we got to go off to a break. I've got some amazing sponsors who are, are happy that I'm still on the air, and I've got the most amazing guests. So we'll be back in a few minutes with Mr. Bill Woodich, his amazing assistant, Kelsey, who's got awesome, sexy arms. I know she does. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about health, nutrition, and how to be happy. All right, don't go away. You're listening to The Forbes Factor, brought to you by Forbes Ryan. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, 
Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, so we are actually, you know, it's funny. Sometimes some of the best conversations happen when no one is listening. (laughs) So one, we've concluded that your assistant, Kelsey, or now we're going to call her an executive amazing person, has a spin gym, which I'm very proud of her, that she got at a, a convention that I recently spoke at where I was in front of 9,000 people and we're talking about uh, failure. You know, and it's interesting because in that particular audience, it was a very male audience and I, I ruffled some feathers. I think I polarized people. And the saving grace for me, because I did... When I read some of the reviews, I was like, whoa, okay. I didn't expect that. It was a little hurtful. I tried not to get it too emotional. But Russell Brunson, thank God for him, he actually wrote a book. Uh, and in the book, it talked about you're not successful if you don't have haters. Wow. That was a, a very interesting moment because you could construe that as failure. You're like, well, no, you didn't fail. You just created haters, which means you must be doing something right. What's your take on that? It's absolute truth. Because if you're not doing something, standing on your opinion, then you are washed into the media, into mediocrity. You, you're not relevant. You're not distinctive. Have a point. Drive your point. Believe in your point. Stand on your point. You're going to have haters. Maybe the way you look doesn't matter why. Don't try to assess why they don't like something. Just start changing your form, your message. Don't do that, man. Let them keep hating. It's a good thing. Okay. Well. Okay. And I intellectually hear that, and my whole system is in shock. I got to tell you. I don't think I've ever generated haters before. Um, it did help solidify my point of view, but I was like, what a weird statement that when you become successful, someone's going to hate you because of that. It's like, whoa, that's Wait happening. a minute. Yeah. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, no, no. I did not know that. And I, by the way, if you go to YouTube, I'm the one who introduced Kim Kardashian to the world. I actually gave her her very first infomercial. And I understand, and I love that girl to death but I understand that she's got a fair amount of haters. But no, I had yeah. no idea. I thought everyone would like me. I don't know. You, you are the omniscient, all-powerful Forbes Riley. Mm-hmm. Let, me give you, let me give you some Michael Jordan. He says, everybody <laughs> in America wants to, wants to build you up until you get there. Then they want to tear you down. There's a German word for that. It's called schadenfreude. That means people are happy with your loss, with your unhappiness. It's a good segue for you. No, man. You gotta, <laughs> if you're going to have a lot of haters if you succeed in anything. Well, I, well no, but crazy, here's a crazy thing. See, I'm an eternal crazy optimist because I kind of believe that and I kind of don't because I believe in, in this crazy way that I've created the human condition. So some of this happened on the Internet. 
And I actually went, and you're not supposed to do this. You're supposed to just kind of take it all with a grain of salt. Well, that's not how I'm wired. And so I found myself writing to the people who had negative things to say and go, hey, fess up here. What's going on? And I will tell you that, I, not that I needed to be this approved, but I had a fair amount of people turn around and backtrack on what they said. And I think that's because it kind of shatters and breaks my heart, the concept of hating it all. And I guess I look and going, you know what, if you hate anything about what I do and who I stand for, well, think about your mom, your girlfriend, and your sister. Because you, it's not, it's not a productive state to, to hate on any level. So I, I think I was like, wow, it just, it gave me an interesting insight into, by the way, and I don't really care if you don't like me, that's fine. But this interesting concept of walking over where you have this, this opinion and you feel righteous enough to hate anybody or anything actually freaks me out. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. But when you show the haters, as you call them, the haters that you care, they just get more fired up, more vitriol, more gas to the fire. And now they have you opened up. They like to cut the wound. Uh, you just have to keep moving beyond. It's the nature of humans and human nature. Well, I actually don't. Let me tell you something. I'm pretty conniving. I spent my life as a, an NLP expert and a magician. So I love playing the game. So it's always I really do. I, trust me, I enjoy it more than you would imagine. All right, so there you go. If you hate me, I want to get some mail. Come on, let's generate something here. All right, we only have a couple minutes left. I want to wrap up here. I want to get back to a little bit of fail more. Is your book out yet? No, it's not. It's uh, I'm currently writing it with McGraw-Hill, and we're currently in process, and it's got a due date for me to finish this process in early August. So I'm, ru- I'm not rushing. I'm taking my time, making this the, the very best I can. So. That's what's happening right now. Well, that's very exciting. I will tell you, you're amazing. I'm so happy that I met you. Um, a big shout out to Steve Carlos, who uh, works with both of us and introduced us today. Uh, very smart idea. I usually don't give somebody an entire hour on the show because most people are not that interesting. <laughs> I'm so sorry to say that loud. Um, but you are. Well, thank you. And I'm truly honored and humbled. I, I, I respect you greatly. And I like what you do. I actually love what you're doing. Thank you. All right. So you got a couple of minutes. Uh, wrap up for me. Tell my audience a little bit more about the energy and the drive that makes you you and that you're putting forth and warrant a book called Fail More. I'm really compelled by purpose. And I think that you push for success in some ways, meaning that you're pushing for the next, the next meeting. You're pushing for something. It's almost if you're not in the right place. You know, so many people are in search of their why. I think the why finds you and pulls you, and that's called purpose. When you're really immersed in doing those things you love or just in the work, you'll find something in the work that you love. For instance, I love doing things for people. I love doing things for people. And I needed to be liked when I was young. And then when I got rid of needing to be liked, I still have this one major need. I need to be appreciated. But I'm going to spend my time and energy, this capsule I have for a body, this mind that it maybe still functions fairly well, and I'm going to try to make at least one life look at things a little different, challenge some of their beliefs, maybe open their heart to something new, and let them find their own way because the success is theirs. It's not me, it's them. But maybe if I can give them a roadmap, a little bit of inspiration, Oof, that's a value. Not buying more Ferraris, not buying more houses. Did that stuff doesn't give you happiness. Gives you joy for a moment. You drive off, you're unhappy. But doing that and seeing someone take their life and expand their lifestyle options, yes, that's why I do it. I love it. So the concept is fail more. Bill, I look forward to meeting you. You're on the West Coast, yes? I'm on the West Coast. I live in Laguna Beach, California. So someday, one day, whether I'm in New York, Florida, you're in Florida. Where are you in Florida? 
Uh, I'm in St. Pete. I've got a beautiful television studio here that I own. Um, but I'm going to be out your way. I'm speaking a couple of times, one in July and the third week of July and then the third week of August. So well, I will I'll connect, pop down. I'll connect with you. You tell me when you're going to be here, and I will make my way up to your talk, and I'll actually pay for it. Oh, see, this is a rock star, and I have a whole philosophy on that. So you are wonderful. Kelsey, uh, make him spin Jim for me, please. Show him the benefits of this. And I look forward to seeing you in person. Thanks, Lord. Likewise. Thanks Thank so much for today. Bye, baby. Take care. All right, so just to wrap up here, I've got a minute left on my favorite show called The Forbes Factor here on Voice America. You guys get, every week, you get uh, mentally fed. And I'll tell you what, motivation is a lot like food where if you don't eat nutritious food, your body doesn't function. If you don't fill your brain with some really good thoughts, turn off the news, stop listening to the babble of other people, complain and moan about the weather or their sports team losing, and focus on what's important, on the human condition, on how you can be healthy, wealthy, and ultimately happy. And I recommend that you have a steady diet of Forbes Factor, as well as some other of my favorite motivational speakers. I start my day every morning listening to someone. You can always get Forbes Factor on a podcast. We are on iTunes and very available. If you've got some favorite episodes, you've got questions, by all means, reach out to me, Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. I have a team who responds and sends all the good ones to me. But I'm accessible. Like I said, lastly, join me live on Thursday nights now. Permission Granted Productions. I need to make that a little shorter, I think, for everybody. But please join us. Uh, access people who are on the same path. Listen to me live. Look at me. We're on a Zoom call, but I want to give a big shout out to all my team in Arizona for making this program happen. A very special guest, Bill Woodich, today, and I will see you guys all again next week. All right, go out and make it a good one. Remember, health, wealth equals happiness. I'm Forbes Riley, and you're listening to The Forbes Factor. Bye. Thank you for making The Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon.